can you sing a song to save a life? Can a song save the world in this time of 45? 45 beyond asking, can hip hop survive? Over a million rappers spitting out what we the people be getting. Forgetting Armageddon, look out, love is the message you can bet on. Can culture save humanity when the name of the game is narcissism? Yo, how can musicians get paid? Curator, caretaker, this creator, servicing purpose to other creators, rhymers and beat makers, blessed by the internet. So I'ma start this war art before they rip this world apart. Toxic, toxic, see them, sell it, and box it. Savage, they say we can't stop it. Play the E, rock it. Add it to Kupo. No, my tumble, I box it. Toxic, see them, sell it, and box it. Savage, they say we can't stop it. Play the E, rock it. Add it to Kupo. No, my tumble, I block it. Looks like 45. Don't lie again. Grabbing planets, territories, not to mention women. Those who voted this POTUS, killing kids for the win. Citizens suffering while he be balling. If a mule died, they used to say, buy another one. If a nigga died, they used to say, try another one. 50 years we were broke, not broken. Take me to your leader. Even aliens spoke it. Every treaty signed, their fuckery broke it. Wonder why only a few of us thrive as their tokens. Toke this, toke that. No joke, cause I wrote it. The only thing I hit is the stage, and I smoke it. I smoke it. Yo, that shit sound good on the record, what you just did. <laughs> Toxic, see them, sell it, and box it. Savage, they say we can't stop it. Play the rocket. Add it to Kupo. No, my tumble, I box it. Toxic, see them, sell it, and box it. Savage, they say we can't stop it. Play the E, rocket. Add it to Kupo. No, my tumble, I block it. 57, so I'm staying in my lane As a young thinking hell And the old prey to pain This shit is classic Like the research of the dope on plastic Vinyl backs back in the tracks The millennium's drastic Synthetic bullshit Smoking up the hood Bad witness Cause y'all know the government's up to no good You can't drift away From the problems of the day If you're grown 21 and over Tell me where the hell you're going Suicidal with an open Bible lockdown Friendly fire On HBO Homeboys only I really never really dug the wire. They do no hiring, he keep on firing. We keep on dying the aftermath through the math toxic. And that was Public Enemy off their brand new album. What you gonna do when the grid goes down? That track was toxic welcome to polyrical a podcast of political music a soundtrack for the resistance a topical solution for the political revolution i want to hear from you so if you like what you hear or even if you don't you can go over to polyrical.com find a link to send me an email you'll also find a link there to make a recommendation if you have a song a topic or an artist that you'd like to hear on a future episode can let me know you'll also find some links there to make a donation you can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep polyrical free and independent here is the track love and justice from the restoration project off the album songs for a revolution of hope volume one everything must 
change. The politicians lie to lengthen their regime. The corporations buy souls for profit. The factories breathe acid and leak into the stream. And every day the earth gets hotter. Who will stop it? Oh God of love and justice, let your will be done. Oh God of love and justice, let your will be done. Newscasters amuse, distracting from the truth. The advertisers use sex for profit. Entertainers choose to seduce our youth. Life gets cheaper every day. Who will stop it? Oh, God of love and justice, let your will be done. Oh, God of love and justice, let your will be done. to the topic of the episode. The topic of the episode for this episode is Julian Assange. Julian Assange is the founder of WikiLeaks, 
which is responsible for publicly sharing documents leaked from governments, industries, and uh, other organizations that they had previously planned or hoped to keep secret. Here's a piece from John Pilger at johnpilger.com. When I first met Julian Assange more than 10 years ago, I asked him why he had started WikiLeaks. He replied, Transparency and accountability are moral issues that must be the essence of public life and journalism. I had never heard a publisher or an editor invoke morality in this way. Assange believes that journalists are the agents of people, not power, that we, the people, have a right to know about the darkest secrets of those who claim to act in our name. If the powerful lie to us, we have the right to know. If they say one thing in private and the opposite in public, we have the right to know. If they conspire against us, as Bush and Blair did over Iraq, then pretend to be Democrats, we have the right to know. It is this morality of purpose that so threatens the collusion of powers that want to plunge much of the world into war and wants to bury Julian alive in Trump's fascist America. In 2008, a top-secret U.S. State Department report described in detail how the United States would combat this new moral threat. A secretly directed personal smear campaign against Julian Assange would lead to, quote, exposure and criminal prosecution. The aim was to silence and criminalize WikiLeaks and its founder. Page after page revealed a coming war on a single human being and on the very principle of freedom of speech and freedom of thought and democracy. The imperial shock troops would be those who would call themselves journalists, the big hitters of the so-called mainstream, especially the, quote, liberals, who mark and patrol the perimeters of dissent. And that is what happened. I've been a reporter for more than 50 years, and I've never known a smear campaign like it. The fabricated character assassination of a man who refused to join the club, who believed journalism was a service to the public, never to those above. And on a side note, Caitlin Johnstone has published a very lengthy and detailed article debunking the many, many smears against Julian Assange, well worth checking out. Assange shamed his persecutors. He produced scoop after scoop. He exposed the fraudulence of wars promoted by the media and the homicidal nature of America's wars, the, corrupt, uh, the corruption of dictators, the evils of Guantanamo. He forced us in the West to look in the mirror. He exposed the official truth-tellers in the media as collaborators, those I would call Vichy journalists. None of these impostors believed Assange when he warned that his life was in danger that the, quote, sex scandal in Sweden was a setup, and an American hellhole was the ultimate destination. And he was right, and repeatedly right. The extradition hearing in London this week is the final act of an Anglo-American campaign to bury Julian Assange. It is not due process. 
it is due revenge. The American indictment is clearly rigged, a demonstrable sham. So far, the hearings have been reminiscent of their Stalinist equivalents during the Cold War. Today, the land that gave us Magna Carta, Great Britain, is distinguished by the abandonment of its own sovereignty in allowing a malign foreign power to manipulate justice, and by the vicious psychological torture of Julian, a form of torture, as Niels Melzer, the UN expert, has pointed out, that was refined by the Nazis because it was most effective in breaking its victims. Every time I have visited Assange in Belmarsh Prison, I have seen the effects of this torture. When I last saw him, he had lost more than 10 kilos in weight. His arms had no muscle. Incredibly, his wicked sense of humor was intact. As for Assange's homeland, Australia has displayed only a cringing cowardice, as its government has secretly conspired against its own citizen, who ought to be celebrated as a national hero. Not for nothing did George W. Bush anoint the Australian Prime Minister, his, quote, Deputy Sheriff. It is said that whatever happens to Julian Assange in the next three weeks will diminish, if not destroy, freedom of the press in the West. But which press? The Guardian? The BBC? The New York Times? The Jeff Bezos Washington Post? No, the journalists in these organizations can breathe freely. The Judases on The Guardian who flirted with Julian, exploited his landmark work, made their pile, then betrayed him, have nothing to fear. They are safe because they are needed. Freedom of the press now rests with the honorable few, the exceptions, the dissidents on the internet who belong to no club, who are neither rich nor laden with Pulitzers, but produce fine, disobedient, moral journalism. Those like Julian Assange. Meanwhile, it is our responsibility to stand by a true journalist whose sheer courage ought to be inspiration to all of us who still believe that freedom is possible. I salute him. And here is Junus Lane with the Ballad of Julian Assange from the album WikiLeaks, Beat the Blockade. And a side note on that compilation album's WikiLeaks, Beat the Blockade. It was published in 2012, and it uses Chelsea Manning's birth name rather than her actual name throughout. Yesterday that they've taken you away To be extradited to the USA They say that it's to Sweden That they're gonna take you first But the Yankees are pressing hard For revenge is what they thirst They persecute your website And they'll kill your funding too 
there simply isn't anything they'd hesitate to do They've used bullets, napalm bombers to get rid of who they hate And they're willing to use all these things to seal up your fate They'll be doing all they can To lock truth up in jail Big fail They claim that you're a rapist But we all know it's not true Instead the cause for all this Is what you and others do Spread the word about nasty deals To spill their beans big time To tear the veil of secrecy That's covering up their crime If you lived in China We all know what that would mean You would get a Nobel Prize And your own limousine And lots of good publicity For doing the right thing But you've taken on America and that's the biggest sin They say that you're a menace to society For delivering them blow Revealing what the ruling class Don't want us to know Bees and palings, they all wish that you were dead But even if they succeeded in cutting off your head They couldn't turn the tide, their system's cracking at the seams You can always kill a man, but you can never kill our dreams
Now, the war for the, the push to a war with Iran is far from over. Push for a war with Iran is far from over, and the debate now is occurring in the public sphere as well as in maneuvers by different intelligence agencies, uh, the uh, machinations that are happening in Syria and so on. Now I want to look at some of those. Our cables reveal, for example, this country, the United Kingdom, engaged in a conspiracy to kill off Press TV, the Iranian state TV station, the Iranian equivalent of the BBC, uh, from being able to broadcast in Kingdom. They cut off the satellite, the, one of the sky satellites in this country, uh, the death penalty, uh, effectively, for a national broadcast. What does that mean? Well, it means that the Iranian government can't get out its view. Iran is surrounded by 45 military bases uh, that are hostile to it, that are hostile to it on every side. There is no, there is no border that Iran does not have, that is not already hostile, but will uh, probably shortly become so. That produces an atmosphere of intense fear. It produces an atmosphere where they think that there is a war. And as a result, we all know that uh, Great Britain, uh, in, well, in World War I, imprisoned Bertrand Russell, for example, and in World War II, there were sim similar abuses. The Iran fears means that the sort of human rights abuses that we claim about, uh, human rights abuses that are uh, uh, correctly looked into in Iran, uh, have very little chance of resolution because the, the leadership of that country is so terrified about being invaded. Now, I want to draw this back to something that is personal to us, personal to Wikimedia. Um, the internet has become the most important device for revealing the truth number one antidote to TV. Democracies are always lied into war. The Iraq war was a result of lies. The increase in involvement of the United States in Vietnam was a result of the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Another lie. It's not just lies by intelligence analysts, it's lies by the big media machine. And what is in the big media machine? Well, it's, it's the various spoke about process and removing political bias from, from analysts. There is also cultural bias. What is the cultural wind that is culturally accepted? That also flows into analysts. Now, producing cultural bias And that track was called Julian Assange. It is by Richie Harper and is from the album Anonymous Rap. Here is a piece published at Genius.com. This is a statement by Julian Assange after one year in the Ecuadorian embassy 
It has now been a year since I entered this embassy and sought refuge from persecution. As a result of that decision, I have been able to work in relative safety from a U.S. espionage investigation. But today, Edward Snowden's ordeal is just beginning. Two dangerous runaway processes have taken root in the last decade, with fatal consequences for democracy. Government secrecy has been expanding on a terrific scale. Simultaneously, human privacy has been secretly eradicated. A few weeks ago, Edward Snowden blew the whistle on an ongoing program involving the Obama administration, the intelligence community, and the internet services giants to spy on everyone in the world. As if by clockwork, he has been charged with espionage by the Obama administration. The U.S. government is spying on each and every one of us, but it is Edward Snowden who is charged with espionage for tipping us off. It is getting to the point where the mark of international distinction and service to humanity is no longer the Nobel Peace Prize, but an espionage indictment from the U.S. Department of Justice. Edward Snowden is the eighth leaker to be charged with espionage under this president. Chelsea Manning's show trial enters its fourth week on Monday. After a litany of wrongs done to her, the U.S. government is trying to convict her of, quote, aiding the enemy. The word traitor has been thrown around a lot in recent days. But who is really the traitor here? Who was it who promised a generation hope and change, only to betray those promises with dismal misery and stagnation? Who took an oath to defend the U.S. Constitution, only to feed the invisible beast of secret law devouring it alive from the inside out? Who is it that promised to preside over the most transparent administration in history, only to crush whistleblower after whistleblower with the boot heel of espionage charges. Who combined his executive powers of the judge, jury, and executioner and claimed the jurisdiction of the entire earth on which to exercise those powers? Who aggregates the power to spy on the entire earth, every single one of us, and when he is caught red-handed, explains to us that, quote, we're going to have to make a choice. Who is that person? Let's be very careful about who we call traitor. Edward Snowden is one of us. Chelsea Manning is one of us. They are young, technically-minded people from the generation that Barack Obama betrayed. They are the generation that grew up on the Internet and we're shaped by it. The U.S. government is always going to need intelligence analysts and system administrators, and they are going to have to hire them from this generation and the ones that follow it. One day, their generation will run the NSA, the CIA, and the FBI. This isn't a phenomenon that is going away. This is inevitable. By trying to crush these young whistleblowers with espionage charges, The U.S. government is taking on a generation, and that is a battle it is going to lose. This isn't how to fix things. The only way to fix things 
is this. Change the policies. Stop spying on the world. Eradicate secret law. Cease indefinite detention without trial. Stop assassinating people. Stop invading other countries and sending young Americans off to kill and be killed. Stop the occupations and discontinue the secret wars. Stop eating the young. Edward Snowden, Barrett Brown, Jeremy Hammond, Aaron Schwartz, Gottfried Svartholm, Jacob Applebaum, and Chelsea Manning. Here is Amaliano Scaturo with the track Julian Assange. Now the war for the, the push to a war with Iran is far from over. Push for a war with Iran is far from over and the debate now is occurring in the public sphere as well as in the various maneuvers by different intelligence agencies, uh, the uh, machinations that are happening in Syria and so on. Now I want to look at some of those. Our cables revealed, for example, this country, the United Kingdom, engaged in a conspiracy to kill off Press TV, the Iranian state TV station, the Iranian equivalent of the BBC, uh, from being able to broadcast in, in the United Kingdom. They cut off the satellite feed, one of the sky satellites in this country, uh, the death penalty, uh, effectively, for a national broadcast. What does that mean? Well, it means that the Iranian government can't get out its view. Iran is surrounded by 45 military bases that are hostile to it, that are hostile to it on every side. There is no, there is no border that Iran uh, does not have that is not already hostile but will uh, probably shortly become so. That produces an atmosphere of intense fear. It produces an atmosphere where they think that there is a war. And as a result, we all know that uh, Great Britain uh, in one in prison Bertrand Russell, for example, and in World War II there were similar abuses. The Iran fears means that the sort of human rights abuses that we claim about, uh, the human rights abuses that are uh, uh, correctly looked into in Iran, uh, have very little chance of resolution because the, the leadership of that country is so terrified about being invaded. Now, I want to draw this back to something that is personal to us, personal to WikiLeaks. Um, the internet has become the most important device for revealing the truth, uh, at least since the beginning of the printing press. It has become the number one antidote to TV. Democracies are always lied in the war. The Iraq war was a result of lies, the increase in involvement in the United States Vietnam was a result of the Gulf of Tonkin incident, another lie. It's not just lies by intelligence analysts, it's lies by the big media machine. And what is in the big media machine? Well, it's, it's the various institutions that get too comfortable and too close to the table of power, the very table that they are meant to be reporting on and policing and getting into the historic record. When Tom spoke about process and removing political bias from, from analysts. There is also cultural bias. What is the cultural wind? And there's cultural 
that also flows into atlas. Now, producing cultural bias. Llamarada cuando despedimos llamas de nuestras miradas Quieren detener el incendio que se propaga Pero hay fuegos que con agua no se apagan Y se acerca la línea policíaca Los músculos se tensan y aumenta la frecuencia cardíaca Suben los niveles de testosterona Y empieza ese momento en el que se enfrentan las personas Cuando somos amigos del coraje Cuando gritar se convierte en nuestro único lenguaje a mí me ordena la razón, a ti te ordena un coronel Si nuestra lucha es de cartón, la de ustedes es de papel Y no nos paran, porque un mensaje contundente Convierte a cualquier teniente en un tiburón sin dientes El Estado nos teme, porque al mismo tiempo somos 132 y 15M Si la prensa no habla, nosotros damos los detalles Pintando las paredes, con aerosol en las calles Levanto mi pancarta y la difundo Con solo una persona que la lea ya empieza a cambiar el mundo Cualquier pregunta que tengamos la adormecen Son las mentiras recalentadas Nos alimentan con carne procesada Y la gente sigue desinformada Una noticia mal contada es un asalto a mano armada Nos infiltramos, nos duplicamos Como las células nos multiplicamos Al que no quiere caldo se le dan dos tazas Somos la levadura que levanta la masa Nuestras ideas son libres y están porque pensamos con las puertas abiertas Lo que no se ve lo estamos viendo Nacimos sin saber hablar Pero vamos a morir diciendo propaganda made. Where you think you are strong, you are weak. Your lies tell us the truth we will use against you. Your secrecy shows us where we will strike. Your weapons reveal your fear for all to see. From Cairo to Quito, a new world is forming. The power of people armed with the truth.
And that'll wrap up this set on Julian Assange, uh, but not quite wrap up Julian Assange altogether for this episode. Here are a few words. This is an excerpt from an interview with Julian Assange that is published by the folks at TED Talks. It is called Why the World Needs WikiLeaks. It's been reported that WikiLeaks, your baby, has, um, in the last few years, has released more classified documents than the rest of the world's media combined. Can, can that possibly be true? Yeah, can it possibly be true? It's a worry, isn't it? That the rest of the world's media is doing such a bad job that a little group of activists is able to release more of that type of information than the rest of the world press combined. So you make an effort to ensure the documents are legitimate, but you, you actually almost never know who the identity of the source is. That's right. Is. Yeah, very, very rarely uh, do we ever know. And um, if we find out at some stage, then we destroy that information as soon as possible. We're going to just show um, a short clip from this um, Baghdad airstrike video. The video itself is longer, but, but here's a short Clip. This is um, this is intense material. I should warn you. Once you get on, just open up. Yeah, Roger. Yeah. I, um, I see your element. You got uh, about four Humvees uh, right along this. Uh, You're clear. All right, uh, firing. Line here. What's the state line? Uh, let me know when you have it. What shoot? Light them all up. Two traffic, two sixties. Come on, fire. Hey, Roger. So, what was the impact of that? The impact on the people who worked on it was uh, severe. Uh, we ended up sending two people to Baghdad to further research that story. So this is just the first uh, of three attacks that occur uh, in that so, scene. I mean, 11 people died in that attack, right? Including two Reuters employees. Yeah, eight, eight, two Reuters employees, two young children uh, were wounded. There were between 18 and 26 people killed altogether. And releasing this caused widespread outrage. What, what was the key element of this that actually caused the outrage, do you think? I don't know. I, I guess people can see the gross disparity uh, in force. You have a guy walking in a relaxed way down the street, and then a Apache helicopter sitting up at a one kilometre firing 30-millimetre cannon shells on everyone um, looking for any excuse uh, to do so, uh, and killing people, rescuing the wounded. And there was two journalists involved who clearly weren't insurgents because that's their full-time job. So, so let's talk a little more broadly about this. I mean, in general, what's your philosophy? Why is it right to encourage leaking of secret information? Yeah, well, there's a question as to what sort of information is important in the world. What sort of information can achieve uh, reform? And there's a lot of information. So information that organizations are spending economic effort into concealing, uh, that's a really good signal that when the information gets out, there's a hope of it doing some good. Because the organizations that know it best, that know it from the inside out, are spending work to conceal it. Um, and that's what we've found in practice, and that's what uh, the history of journalism is. 
And that'll bring us to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode for this episode is Rob Johnson. Here's an interview uh, done with Rob Johnson back in 2012 by Uncomradely Behavior. You can find this at uncomradelybehavior.wordpress.com. How do you know when you're in the presence of musical greatness? Good question. Sometimes it's not that obvious. In the upstairs of a South London pub, Rob Johnson, who's just about to perform for a radical London benefit, sits opposite me talking about what it is he does and where it all came from. I always wanted to be a writer. As a kid, I thought I'd like to be a poet. And I thought if you're a poet, you can only ever talk to posh people in ivory towers but if you had a guitar you could go up and talk to all sorts of people everywhere and i was always interested in songs that had something to say worth listening to as a kid i liked the velvet underground a lot and from them i found the stooges and mc5 and mc5 were really righteous and very political and Johnson, too, is very political. Last year's album, Some Recent Protest Songs, featured an anti-cuts placard on the cover and was a bang up-to-date in terms of subject matter. Libya's no-fly zone, the student riots, coalition cabinet, and city bankers. But there were also moments of reflection about those who rarely get songs written about them, whose lives are rarely documented and never celebrated trying to extract a sense of beauty and hope from the society we live in. It's something he learned from Victor Jara, the famous Chilean political activist and musician who was brutally murdered during the Pinochet coup in 1973. Quote, The nicest thing about Victor Jara, he was very much up against really nasty fascist bastards, but always insisted his songs should be beautiful. And one of the things I personally find disappointing about a lot of the punk music is they kind of want to be ugly, whereas I think it's important that we don't let people take away our capacity for beauty. And Victor Jara songs always insisted upon the people's capacity for beauty. And it's that capacity to create beauty in often ugly circumstances, from often ugly situations, that marks Rob Johnson out. When Tottenham Burned was recorded last August about the death of Mark Duggan and resultant four days of rioting, and it won the prestigious FATEA magazine Song of the Year, it neither glorifies nor disdains and lists in the lyric all those that were killed during the rioting. It is a remarkably poignant song. Quote, Funnily enough, I was at Broadstairs Festival. We got up on Monday morning. I noticed all the newspapers had these headlines, London burning, all these very colorful photographs, and we thought, surely not. And we we're all going, wow, this is just... And a part of the function of what I do, I think, is within that folk tradition of providing alternative perspectives to the ruling cultural discourse. And the other thing is what the media always try and persuade us is a riot. It's composed of people who are all there for the same thing. So I tried to get the idea of there being a multiplicity of perspectives on the riot and also different ways of looking at it. And I hope at the end, I try to put it into its perspective that it's a class issue, not a criminal issue. 
for those of us who lived through it, the 1980s remains like a scar across the memory. And if you're going to talk politics, you're going to have to talk about those dark days of Thatcherism that politicized through, through necessity a generation. We talk long and hard about the 1980s, and I try to draw parallels to what's happening now. Quote, Thatcher destroyed the working community. She destroyed the working class's traditional forms of organization. On the other hand, she didn't destroy the working class, because what did for her was a popular working class resistance to the poll tax. It was because people took a principled stand and self-organize that she got. He trails off. Johnson's optimism remains undiminished in his belief in our capacity to fight back, even when I mention the floundering anti-cuts movement. It's more complex because it's not a single issue, but I think there's more energy now amongst ordinary people. There's more organization and there's more anger than at any time since the poll tax. Here is Rob Johnson off the album The Forgotten Songs. This is Soweto. Yeah. 
that shit to go with the shake and supersize flies. So wait, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in Soweto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in Soweto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in Soweto. to market to sell to the bourgeoisie bored with their diet and the butchers and merchants made nothing but profit and they danced round and round in a ring saying see how we all live like kings and the blood from St Mary the snake and the bat the blood from the monkey, the frog and the rat They all bled together, the dog with the cat And the bourgeoisie yawned in their beds Their accountants kept count of the dead First the dead were the poor and the sick and the old and homeless left out in the cold Well we breathe easily and believe what we're told And we dance round and round in a ring Singing see how we all live like kings And the nurses got sick and the neighbours of neighbours And over your shoulders the numbers got closer Butcher's best boy, merchant's fine daughter Bourgeoisie hid in their beds The accountants stopped counting the dead
waiting to happen Everyone knew but the butchers did nothing The merchants assured us they asked their accountants And the bankers all said the same thing See how we all live like kings We'll call out your National Guard, close down your borders Program your drones and your billion pound missiles Send out your submarines, what are they good for? You and your army of clowns St Mary cuts all these things down You and your army of clowns St Mary cuts all these things down With an account of the current COVID pandemic and the line as the bourgeoisie yawned in their beds, their accountants kept count of the dead. That was the track St. Mary from Pandemic Songs. Here is an excerpt from another interview. This published at folkworld.eu. Once you sang We Hate the Tories... Your latest album targets the Labour Prime Minister. Is this the triumph of experience about hope? Still do hate the Tories. Well, to be honest, I didn't think New Labour would be Jerusalem overnight, but I didn't expect it to be quite so awful. Just more Thatcherism, only without the handbag. But music is a powerful weapon. I mean, an army of U.S. rock stars couldn't overthrow George W., well, what happened in the U.S. is a bit like what happened in the U.K. when Thatcher kept on getting re-elected. We couldn't believe people could be so stupid either. There were armies of musicians trying to overthrow her, too. And, well, she's history, and some of us are still writing songs and making CDs. The army of U.S. musicians did help mobilize a huge anti-W vote. I think Kerry got more votes than a lot of U.S. presidents. It's just the moron vote was even bigger. And anyway, everyone knows W cheats at elections. Music is an important communicator and nothing is neutral. Even boring old fart Rod Stewart recently garnished an Albert Hall concert with the Union Jack flags and a song dedicated to, quote, our boys in Iraq. At certain times, it is apparent that everybody has a political opinion and every creative work carries explicitly or implicitly a political meaning. However, whilst I have consciously written politicized songs, I prefer to view it more as, to quote Stephen Biko, I write what I like. I have nowhere near the courage of people like Biko or Victor Jara. But I think it's important that an artist, like any other worker, has certain responsibilities when doing the work they do. And one of those responsibilities is being honest. I don't think songs of themselves overthrow regimes but they do provide an alternative voice. They present alternative perspectives, and they support people who are engaged in the process of dissent. It's interesting to remember how during the first Gulf War, the BBC effectively banned a very long list of songs from being broadcast. 
How does it feel anyway writing songs in Cool Britannia, where, as you said, no one writes political songs anymore, and folk music's all about light entertainment? Well, the glib answer would be ignored. Cool Britannia has long ago ceased to be a credible fiction, outside of the glittery constructs of the media and celebrity. The poor old place is pretty much falling apart. Nonetheless, there is still a pervading value system that all anybody wants is, quote, to have a good time. And this is being replicated in folk music with its emphasis on the tradition, big festivals, and the importance of young people carrying on the tradition, and the denial that the last couple of hundred years ever happened. Folk music has been reinvented as some sort of living museum or merry old England theme park full of nice old tunes with its own aristocracy, with inherited wealth being passed down from generation to generation. Folk now seems to have succumbed in its own way to the cult of celebrity. It's not that I would want folk clubs and festivals to be entirely composed of songwriters. What I dislike is the current orthodoxy that has defined folk as very traditional. This has largely been affected by people who are professional traditional merchants, and obviously this is very much to the advantage of these people, to promote a view of folk that is essentially anti-democratic, non-eclectic, that enthuses about big names and big festivals where the audiences are much more consumers than in the more intimate and participatory folk clubs. My favorite traditional singers are Shirley Collins and Savina Yanatu. What I liked about folk clubs is when I first started going to them, was you could see Shirley, you could see Shirley, guitar genius Martin Simpson, songwriter Bill Caddick, blues singer Joanne Emery, all very different in style, but all equally part of the spectrum of folk music. And it was also very much considered the people's music. So politics were not a problem. An intelligent, challenging song was welcome. And here's another intelligent, challenging song from a whole compilation album of intelligent, challenging songs called Celebrating Subversion, the Anti-Capitalist Roadshow. This is Rob Johnson with Why Not. Oh dear, oh dear, the banks lost all their money. So the government gave them ours to lose as well. What a cheat! And now it seems we're all in this together. That's a relief. The rent's due and there's nothing left to sell. Oh no! We'll all have to work harder and get less. Is there an alternative? I say yes! I say yes! Make the rich pay, why not? Make the rich pay. Why not? We don't have any money Cos they got lots and lots Make the rich pay Why not? Well it's funny how the rich keep getting richer How extraordinary! It's funny how the money's all been lost It's gone! You wonder where it went to at the checkout It's just vanished! When you find out just how much more things all cost so next time they ask you, how do you want to pay? Cash or credit card? Here's what I say. Here's what I say. 
rich pay, why not? Make the rich pay, why not? We don't have any money, cause they got lots and lots. Make the rich pay, why not? Now, when I'm strolling down the London road, there's this Hawks fan where I sometimes like to go. Cos the clothes there only costs a quid or two. Very reasonable. And it goes to those less fortunate than you. And charity. Cos when it comes to global poverty, there's only one solution, you'll agree. Rich pay, why not? We don't have any money, cause they got lots and lots. Make the rich pay, why not? Now money's the root cause of all that evil. Like an apple's why we're in the state we're in. Some people think we're waiting for the rapture When Jesus comes for payback on our sins Come judgment day, my conscience will be clear I'll hear them angels singing Sit down 
on to the palace of varieties It's just your place of work And your job standing up for those done down And they wonder What's he after? Making trouble What's his game? This one can't be bought This one can't be had Keep your eye on this one He's Tony Skinner's lad Tony Skinner's lad Get the bus at 6am Parkhouse, Clay Cross Bolsover, Westminster Here we come To win for working people What they're owed for what they've lost You do the work Cos you're your father's son they wonder, what's he after? Making trouble, what's his game? This one can't be bought, this one can't be had. Keep your eye on this one, he's Tony Skinner's lad. Most of the major leap forwards that have been made by the working class haven't been made down in the House of Parliament. They've been made on the streets of the picket line. They wonder, what's he after? Making trouble, what's his game? This one can't be bought, and this one can't be had. Keep your eye on this one, he's Tony Skinner's lad. Tony Skinner's lad. Dennis Skinner. The nonsense that the Tories talk about turning the clock back. It's gone forward. It'll move on. The advance of socialism can't be stopped. It's never been stopped by prison walls. It's never been stopped by Labour cabinets. Never mind about Tories. The march will go on. And wrapping up our set of Rob Johnson songs, that was Tony Skinner's Lad. That is, I think, the latest song released by Rob Johnson. You can find that as a single. Celebrating one of those very rare elected politicians that fight for the people. Here is Billy Lyre from the album Some Legacy. This is Independent People. My dad said things are gonna get worse A long time before they get better I hope he's wrong, but I know he's right Thatcher's children are in government A coalition now is Cameron's bread It was his for the taking Unemployment's an all-time high We're all depressed, so we stay inside We'll block out reality With reality television But bread and circuses won't pay the rent We're struggling just to make ends meet And it'll be the same again next week So this is what we've got 
independent people with independent thought So this is our law If you thought it was okay Well no it's not He was sorry, son He had the order and he had to let go of someone He said I'll find a new job in no time But it's the same everywhere that I look There's no one playing by the book Temporary staff for temporary work We're all temporary Job satisfactions at all time low We stumble through a shift Just wait to go home We'll drink away our wages And then stagger home alone But these wages can't even pay the bills We're taking out loans on top of loans If I think about it for too long I feel ill We'll bring work from birth till death and pay the pence as an hourly rate. We're supposed to be satisfied with the thought that we could reach our supervisor's place. Or maybe we could win the lottery. Or be pop stars or footballers, wives, I don't know about you. But I want to feel This is what we've got Independent people With independent thought So this is our law If you thought it was okay Well no it's not So this is what we've got And that'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, you can follow at Polyrical on Twitter. You can find all those back episodes at Polyrical.com. You'll also find the Polyrical podcast and my other podcast playing 24-7 at MovingTrainRadio.com. Here is The Freedom Affair off the compilation album Talk Minus Action Equals Zero, a compilation benefiting Black Lives Matter. This is Rise Up. Thanks for listening.
Bye.